The following interview originally aired on the Monday Point. You can listen to The Point each weekday at 9 a.m. in Central Oregon on KPLV Radio, 88.9 FM, and from anywhere at kplv.org, The Point. Hi, Bob. It's great to see you this morning. Really good to hear you, or see, hear, see, talk, you too, as well. Good to see you. <laughs> Absolutely. Bob Moore, you are the project coordinator for the COPY program, which is a program that benefits children. So tell us about that. Central Oregon Partnerships for Youth, correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So so you're probably your longer timer listeners might have heard me come on before. So some of them probably already know that the sheriff's office has a mentoring program that works specifically with kids that have an incarcerated parent. And so we end up connecting community-based volunteers with those kids to be some additional support in a time of kind of weird kind of stuff going on and turmoil and a lot of lack of resources and that sort of things. And so what we end up doing is screening and training volunteers and then getting them matched up with kids to be out in the community doing positive youth development stuff. Great. Yes. And these children are cast in this unfortunate position of having a parent that is incarcerated, which I know has to make their lives rather complicated and difficult. And having another adult able to come into their lives and and do things with them and be a real positive influence is is just a a great program to have available. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're 100% right there. A lot of our families are pretty destabilized, not just the incarceration piece, but the all the other stuff that comes with it. And that tends to be around poverty issues and housing insecurity issues and kind of hypermobility where they're moving around a lot because they're kind of making quick decisions trying to get by. There's kind of a lot going on there. And I think that could be a little bit overwhelming for volunteers. So our focus, our piece that our volunteers work on is specifically being that consistent, stable adult for those kids. So <laughs> that's always kind of a challenge because it's uh, always that's part of what we do in our training class is talk about roles and boundaries and kind of what we do. There's a lot of resources for communities or a lot of resources for families in our community. I'm pretty comfortable getting families connected with that. But our volunteers piece specifically is really to go out and just have that positive, stable connection with those kids. Absolutely. And being in Central Oregon, there are a lot of great things that that the volunteers can do with the kids mm-hmm. and not have to spend a lot of money or or just be able to do some stuff that's great. And I think probably a lot of this, the skill and the, the success of the program is doing things that the kids like to do yeah. that will engage them initially and, and continually. Yeah, I was just, in fact, it was funny. I was just talking to, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, which fan advocate, a fan advocate is a, as a person that kind of connects families with resources through the schools, kind of social workers in the schools and what they, they were talking with me about a new family that they're referring over to me. And we were going down the, the list of like what this kid likes to do. And the fan advocate was just like, you know what, this kid just really hasn't had the opportunity to do much. And that's something we talk about in our training class as well, that, kind of, I think a lot of our reaction for newer volunteers is like to look at a kid and say like, what is it you want to do? That question assumes that those kids have had enough experiences to start to pick and choose what they want to do. And that isn't always the case. In fact, that's probably more often not the case with our families. A lot of our kids 
just because of what they've been going through, the economics of how incarceration impacts families and moving around in the community, don't get the same opportunities to go out and try things that maybe other kids out in the community are able to do. So that's that's definitely a challenge. And that's it's kind of a challenge and it's kind of a strength as well. I always talk with volunteers that that's awesome. That gives you a whole list of opportunities to try out to and usually a lot of those opportunities that work for other kids are going to work for this kid. And there's going to be times when those outings don't work and that's fine. You're definitely going to run into outings where kids don't connect and it doesn't make sense. And it isn't like the, it isn't the outcome that you think you're going to have on that individual outing. So we usually talk about having an idea in your back pocket, just in case things don't work out and kids realize that they don't connect with whatever that activity is. So it's super easy to be able to go out and have something that should be a fun experience. And sometimes if it doesn't work out, it's a lesson learned that that isn't a good fit and move on to the next thing. You know, I think the other thing that kind of comes to mind is you talked about not having to pay for a lot of things. And that's part of what we focus on, especially this time of year when it's colder and darker and slushier and snow, and it just kind of goes on and on. So we work with a lot of community partners to to be able to make sure that, especially in the winter months, you know, in spring and summer and fall, it's much easier to be out in the community biking or hiking or walking or grabbing lunch or doing whatever you're doing outside, kind of in the outdoors. Winter gets a little bit tougher that way. And so really this time of year, we're quite focused on connections inside where it's a little bit warmer and you're able to do some things kind of in a safe way. So whether it's the rock gyms or the high desert museum or park and rec districts, Lots of partnerships that we rely on to be able to give volunteers opportunities to get out and do stuff, even this time of year with a kid. And those are the kind of things that you point out to the volunteers, too. They've they've got a, a list of things that they can choose from and and places that they can go to to take the kids for some fun times. So that's a great resource for them to have access to that, the idea of all of those wonderful places to go. Yeah, we just sent out our new newsletter, their volunteer support newsletter, and always list different partnerships that we have and just opportunities out in the community to try some different things out. And so we just sent that out and I, I'm, I always, sometimes I send it out and nobody gets back to me, but then when I'm talking to volunteers, everyone's kind of generally tends to have that newsletter to, as a good kind of inspiration for different ideas to try out and different opportunities to check out in the community. You know, we get a lot of volunteers that are newer to Central Oregon communities. And I think one thing is, I always kind of joke, but kind of not joke that it's a great opportunity for volunteers that are new or people that are new to the community who are looking to get connected. A lot of times in my oversimplified way of thinking of it, you can sit on the couch and watch another episode on Netflix or once a week really have something that's going to prod you to get out and check out some new things and try some new things out. And, you know, that's a good fit both for new volunteers or new to the community and also kids that haven't had that opportunity. So it's kind of a win-win as far as getting folks out the door, getting them kind of in a routine of trying some new things and seeing what's out there. You mentioned once a week doing something with the kids. So that is kind of the expectation that if they Mm -hmm. can have a regularly scheduled time each week to do things with the kids, be with them, that 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 is a great model for developing that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the weekly piece of that definitely gets back to consistency with an adult. And a lot of our kids haven't had that opportunity for sure. And so once a week is generally what we aim for. It doesn't necessarily have to be a set, but I definitely have some folks that have more wild schedules that aren't so consistent work-wise, rolling schedules and shift work and stuff where 
every single week, every single or one day out of every single week isn't always realistic. And that's fine. We definitely have some folks that are working weirder work schedules or life schedules where that isn't realistic or families aren't realistic with that. So for some of our families that are better managing calendars, it's not a big deal to to go week to week. And for sometimes that's actually, especially in, well, the winter and late spring and early or eight early fall, late fall, early spring, it makes it a little bit easier actually to look at the calendar and kind of choose and pick days that are better weather-wise to be out doing some stuff. I know that a lot of folks are doing that in the fall and spring that instead of committing to a day that may or may not be a sunny day outside, it's a little bit easier to pick and choose good weather windows to get out. I just dropped off a, a little scooter bike that was donated to our program to one of our little kids to use which was pretty rough because I dropped it off on Monday with mom. And when I walked in the door, there was like eight inches of snow and ice in the front yard. And so I thought it was kind of cruel and unusual to give a kid a a scooter that he's ecstatic to go out and try, but like he would probably kill himself going out. So mom had the job of saying no until the snow melted. And I was just texting with the volunteer today that we're looking at next week with the snow melting this week that maybe Monday, Tuesday, they're going to go out to a local park and try out the new scooter. So picking win- windows of opportunity in the weather are sometimes important for sure. Well, and of course, in the school year, they have to work around the schedule of, of classes mm-hmm. and being able to try to schedule things yep. for that too. Yeah. Well, some of the the nitty gritty about the, the kids you work with and, and then getting into the training that you have coming up later on this month, what, what are the age spans of the kids that usually are part of your program? Sure. Yeah. We work with kids five to 15 years old. And so tend to have a lot more elementary age kids, probably fewer number of middle school kids. And we do have high school kids. A lot of the high school kids that we have in our program currently are kids that started with us years ago that continue with their volunteer. But every once in a while, there's a specific high school. I always say with high school kids, it really needs to be around a specific need. It's kind of a, a kid in particular that's a high school kid that knows what they're looking for and is working with someone to try to kind of accomplish what they're looking for, where kind of elementary kids and middle school kids, it's a little bit easier just to be hanging out without like something you need to accomplish. So yeah, so we work with 550 and I'm sorry, I forgot your other question. Oh, I was just going to say if how that works for, for volunteers. Oh, and, yeah, for sure. and- yeah. So we do, so we do volunteer interviews with folks and part of that conversation tends to be around like interests that they have, skill sets, scheduling is always a big piece of that when they're available and when they're not available and how that time management piece looks. We talk about a bunch of just kind of like generic matching factors about kind of interest and like what would be a good fit as far as like outdoors and indoors and kind of background with volunteers to make sure that we're we're doing a pretty good job, at least on paper, of trying to find people that have some similar backgrounds, similar interests that make some connections there. One thing that hasn't ever been on my volunteer sheet and my family visit sheet is worldwide pandemics. That's been exciting. Didn't think I would ever have that on my sheet, but now I've got it. And Um, for such a long time. (laughs) Yeah. And it wasn't actually, honestly, anymore. It's not that big of a deal. But like when it started, it was kind of a challenge because we didn't really, we never envisioned dealing with that. Now we do. And it's just one of the matching factors that are on my home visit sheet and my my volunteer interview sheet. And so basically what we talk about is I ask both families and volunteers the question, like, what are you doing to keep your safe, yourself and your family and your friends safe around COVID issues? And so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily something that we're eliminating or 
not eliminating, what we're looking to do is just make sure that we have enough similarity between those families and that volunteer that we're able to kind of manage things together. You know, you can think about a scenario where if you have one person on one end of the scale and another person on the other end of the scale, that's going to just not be a good fit for us. And so what we end up doing is want to make sure that we're approaching kind of how we're addressing safety issues around COVID kind of from a coordinated standpoint and that people kind of at least are on the same page about what steps we need to be taking to make sure people are safe. Right. Well, we've got about six minutes left. And Mm -hmm. so let's talk about the training that you have coming up. That is scheduled for the 22nd of this month, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. And speaking of COVID, so that's, this is the second training now that I was very excited to get back to real in-person trainings with lunches being served and normal sort of stuff that way. And this is the fifth or sixth training and the second time that I've completely thought that we were in a different place than we were. So this upcoming winter training will be on Saturday, January 2nd from nine o'clock until 1230. 22nd, um, uh-huh. No sandwiches, no in-person <laughs> contact, which is kind of, I think it's kind of sad. But we will be using, doing video conferencing software to do that. We'll use Microsoft Teams to be able to offer that. So kind of the same material, a little bit shorter format because it kind of works better with video format to just not do a lot of the interactive pieces of our training that we used to do. We'll still cover our program policies. One of my current volunteers, Alma, is going to come in and talk about her experiences working with a little guy in our program. We're going to do a unit on the impact incarceration has on kids and families and just what's what that looks like and how kids respond to that and how they end up looking a little bit different than maybe other kids in the community that you might have bumped into. And then an overview of mentoring skill sets, what it looks like to mentor youth developmental stages and mentoring and that sort of thing. So we throw that out for folks just to check out. We're more than happy to get folks into those classes just to check us out and see if this is a good fit for our volunteer time, ask questions, ask questions of a volunteer that's doing the work. For me personally, it's just way easier for folks to check it out and decide if that's a good fit for their time. I'd rather have them know what they're getting into. And a lot of time folks go through those trainings and totally know that that's what they want to do. Other folks go through those trainings and realize quickly that that isn't a good fit for what they're looking to do. And so Rather than having them commit a lot of time and resources, we'd rather have folks just check out our program, check out how things work for us and see if that's really a fit and really realistic for what they're looking to do with their volunteer time. Right. And doing it online gives them a chance to do that without having to travel anywhere or just yeah. just check in there, with it. For sure. There's the good and the bad on that. I definitely, <laughs> normally I would have had people saying like, oh, we're on vacation that week. That week doesn't work. And Now I have folks that say like, oh, I'm going to be in Texas for whatever reason. Can I just participate on Zoom or go to meeting? And yeah, so there's the good and the bad with it. For sure for us, the the bad is like, I really would rather have somebody in the room with us doing the training and doing some interactions with me on that. I, I really think that's a big piece of what we do, but it does open the door for some extra opportunities for people that are traveling or not available or snowy weather or whatever to participate in those trainings as well. Yes. And of course, you have families and children that you serve in all of the communities here in Central Oregon. In, so. Deschutes, in Deschutes County, you know, Central Oregon. So it's we're, we're a program at the Deschutes County Sheriff's Office. And so we work with Deschutes County communities. So South County folks, Sisters, Redmond, Bend, 
We definitely have a number of Bend folks that are signed up for our upcoming training class. I would love to get more Redmond volunteers in particular, because there's such a need in Redmond for folks that would be willing to at least consider working with the youth in their community. And the sisters in Lapine as well are always of need. Not to say that there isn't more opportunity in Bend, it's just a bigger community. And so there's always more volunteers, more kids, but in Redmond in particular, and then also the sisters in Lapine, South County. That's always, we always have a list of kids that are not being served because we just don't have the volunteer resources out of those communities. Right. And even the volunteers that you have can put the word out to friends and acquaintances Mm -hmm. about this. So word of mouth is a great way for people to find out about it too. Yeah. I always talk with folks like, even if this isn't an opportunity for you and it doesn't fit with what you're doing, like it's great to have you share the word with folks in your circle of friends and people that you connect with that this might be a fit for somebody else. So word of mouth is totally okay. Happy to have folks call and talk with me, even if it's a friend of a friend type referral and be able to talk a little bit more about our opportunities and see if that's a fit for their time. Sure. And January 22nd is, is that workshop. And so the deadline for people signing up would be. So the, the weird thing about zoom is that normally when they would come to a training, I would give them a training manual that goes through all that stuff. And so now I'm just doing that usually with coffee ahead of time, meeting somebody up for coffee, talking about our program, handing off a training manual. All that's the kind of the long way of saying a couple of Fridays from now, the 20, I guess it'd be the 21st, I guess would be kind (laughs) of a deadline, mostly because I just need to get them some material so they can participate in that training class on Saturday, the 22nd. Very good. And if they want to call you or if they want to go online to figure out how to get connected with this, tell us that information. Sure. Yeah. They can always call me directly. My direct number is 541-388-6651. Or honestly, email is a great way to go. I love to have phone calls in general and talk with people, but email is great because then I can just send them some material about our program to get the ball rolling. And that's sometimes a little bit quicker for them to get so if they wanted to send me a quick note at copy, C-O-P-Y at Deschutes.org, that's a good way to go. And if folks are driving, traveling, not around where they could write down information or pen and pencil or whatever, they can always go to the Deschutes County Sheriff's Office website and get information and my contact information off of our main sheriff's website. Thank you, Bob. It's great. We've gotten to talk like this for several years in a row now, and I'm always glad to be able to spotlight this so that you can get plenty of volunteers. As you say, there's always more kids than you can service. So thanks again for joining me. And good luck getting a lot of people to help and have a great training. Thanks so much. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.